This is the official podcast of Elamir, where we have conversations with B2B storytellers about how they go about doing what they do. Well, as I was saying, I, I'm now a subscriber to your channel and yeah. watched your documentary about your granddad. Yeah. And it really moved me because I I never met my grandfather either. And I heard lots of stories. And he grew up during the Great Depression. He served in World War One. My uncle's actually served in World War Two. And I have an uncle who's alive who's your granddad's age. Wow. Um, but it was just, it was very touching to see that you went to go really learn and understand yeah. him as a human, but also to understand your roots yeah. and what it meant to be half Jewish at that time, which by the way, that was very educational for me. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that yeah. at all. Yeah. So. And so it's really, it's a, it's a really interesting side of like the Holocaust history and for context for people who don't, who don't know about the project and who's listening. Uh, this is a documentary that I made about, my grandfather, who was half Jewish, growing up in Frankfurt, Germany during World War II, um, and had this complicated, complicated story there. But yeah, it is so wild what happened to half Jewish people. Like the, it's like very complicated, and it, it's it differed person to person. And I just was like so drawn to that. So it's so nice that you watched that. I really appreciate that you. you I loved it. Yeah, that's cool. Did, have you ever done any like digging into your family's history at all with? Some of like you mentioned with your family of the Great Depression. Or- I I have. Um, I was fortunate that my uncle, one of my uncles, um, r- wrote his own memoir before he passed yeah. away, and so he really did wow. really kind cool. of the genealogy of of the family. And I'm glad that he did because now we have that that document, and I've learned about more about even my grandmother, my oh. great grandparents, um, and their stories, which gave me a better appreciation of for the struggles that. They had um, yeah. some as immigrants, others as those living during really uh, an era of depression and, and yeah. wars and, and being involved in those things. So yeah. I wish, but in hindsight, David, I wish that I would have spent more time, especially with my grandma, really understanding. I mean, she was she was born in 1900. Yeah. So no. she lived during so many major events. I wish I would have paused and asked her more intelligent questions about her history but yeah she died in 1998 at the age of 98 wow that's cool yeah she never would forget her birthday <laughs> no not at all that's right <laughs> that's really cool yeah. yeah i i i um am was constantly surprised even just because i've done a lot of research now too on my mom's side and or some research i wish i could do more um but because that, that story was about my dad's grandfather. And it is amazing, like, what you learn about yourself and, like, in today's world by studying your own family's history. There's just so many things that I feel like people people are, people are pretend like they have free will and their impulses didn't come from people before them and their lives and their situation in life didn't come from people before them. But, of course, like, we're just living out inheritances of, of people before us, so... It was. It's really trippy to go back and really dig into who people were and like who our grandparents were, who our great grandparents were, what they did, why they made choices. Because it's amazing how much is passed down. So much is passed down. Um, 
I wish more of their coping skills were passed down to future generations because it just seems so so different today. But um, there is you're, that's so it's so true in terms of how do you really understand yourself if you don't yeah. have the history of where you came from in your roots. Um, my, I don't have the same information on my mom's side. She was actually a foster child yeah. uh, starting in the the 40s. And so we don't really have a lot of history on her. But on my dad's side, we have done a lot of the digging. And yeah. uh, even my great grandma, she immigrated from Norway and she came by herself. She had a suitcase and a guitar. Yeah. And of course, she had a sponsor. She had to have a sponsor to come here, but she was 18 years old. And I think uh-huh. about the courage and bravery and the independence, which probably yeah. explains my own <laughs> sense of independence and, yeah. and freedom. But you're so spot on with that. That That's is cool. our, our history explains so much about who we are, which is yeah, why it's totally. so important the work that you do and the stories that you tell. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, if you dig far enough, there's stories that people don't want told too, which is interesting. And it's just, it goes on and on. It's, it's so, yeah, it's, it's, it's heavy work. So I really appreciate you watching that. That's awesome. I I was flattered by that. Um, Cool. Well, let's talk about you a little bit. So I, you, we can just jump right into, I love this story you tell about, um, you know, on the spirit of, of family and roots, like where you grew up in this kind of early experience with marketing that you had. So I'm a Washington State native. I've not left the state in terms of moving out of the state. Um, I've always had the luxury of working for companies that were either headquartered here or had some major office, but still allowed me the freedom to travel and and explore the country and even explore the world a little bit too, which will come back to travel because I think it has shaped who I am, not just as a human and my appreciation for stories, which is kind of the topic of this, but also who I am as a professional. But I think the story that you want me to share is whichever one you how want. I first got I want, started. I want you to go where you want to go. <laughs> well, let's just be clear. I think that there's a series of events that happened to me, even starting at a younger age. Than the story I'm going to share is to how it shaped my um, my desire to just have impact in the world and and how I kind of carved out my own my own pathway. But and why I love stories and why they've inspired me. Uh, this one in particular, I love because it's part of history. Yeah. So in May 1980, Mount St. Helens erupted in the Pacific Northwest, and it was a major event. And I still, to this day, David, remember exactly what I was doing. Yeah. I was riding my white and pink bike on the roadway. And, and keep in mind, I lived in eastern Washington at that time. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, this massive windstorm just came up and over and covered everything. And I thought it was just sandstorm. Yeah. Well, it was Mount St. Helens had erupted and it had created, I think it was like a 80,000 foot plume. And, but the ash dispersed hundreds of miles, which is why it reached where I was. That's why. And no one really knew what was going on, but that was a very monumental event for a lot of different reasons. Um, and garnered a lot of international attention. It also led to a lot of advances in technology and in how we study volcanoes and volcanic activity and the impact of the environment and things like that. So it had a longer term impact. But for me, I didn't know what the heck was going on. And I, I had no idea. So later that summer, we had a family trip in Iowa where my dad was born and raised. And uh, it was a road trip at our, our van. Um, my sister and I had this idea of how do we bring a little bit of Washington State to our 
family members who live in the Midwest. Yeah. Well, we decided to take big buckets of ash. We thought, well, this is kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> we knew we saw it on the, the news media, so it had some kind of significance. Yeah. And we bought little vials. And so we, we, we filled each vial with ash and we sold vials of ash along the trip. And it was, you know, maybe a four day trip. Um, we started selling them at 10 cents back, you know, 1980 for elementary school kids. That was pretty significant. You could buy a candy bar for 25 cents. Back yeah, that's then, which sounds so weird. I, I feel like I'm <laughs> talking about the olden days. Right, right. Um, but as we saw how quickly they were selling and how interested people were, like, oh, my gosh, yeah, Mount St. Helens Ash. This is cool. We upped the price to a quarter. Yeah. Which meant. More candy bars for us. More candy bars. And by the time we got to Iowa, I think we're almost depleted, but we had gone to a market and we sold them uh, at a at a market. Yeah. But what's compelling about that beyond two young girls who kind of have this idea of how do you share a piece of our state and bring it to other people and um, kind of get in the business side of things, um, what... Some people would look at that as just look at a vial of ash and go, well, that's just sand. That's just yeah, dirt. Yeah, right. But the story behind what that, where that ash came from was pretty darn significant. And that piece was a little bit lost on me. Obviously, as a kid, you don't think about it in, that, in those ways. But as a brand strategist, as a storyteller, it has a lot of meaning behind it because it wasn't just ash. It was ash from a significant event that destroyed life destroyed lives, but also had a significant impact on how we would, you know, in future study and learn more about volcanoes. Yeah. I love that story for a lot of reasons. I mean, one is exactly like the, the, it's, it's just a pile of ash, but, but also what people are buying is they, they want to be a part of the story. And I think that's like, what's so interesting about about that and and the way you approach marketing in general, like I know we've talked a little bit about your approach is like people people want that you know piece of ash or whatever because they can set it on a mantle and then when people they have people over or they're looking at it they can be like hey that th- remember that thing that happened it, it's right here in my house and so they become cu- kind of a part of it and it's just like so it's such an interesting thing because I feel like that's what that's what you're trying to do whenever whenever you try to market something really. And and I think if you work backwards from why it worked, it was just like genuine like emotional experience that you had that you were just trying to share with someone else in a and not in a kind of selly kind of way. Just like, hey, this is really fun and, and interesting and there's a fair trade here, you know? Exactly. And it, you know, look, it didn't hurt that my dad was an educator. So we learned a lot about this, the historical significance of it. But uh, so we were able to share a little bit about that instead of just here, buy this vial of ash for 10 cents. No, we're going to try for 25 cents. And we started to really understand the the uh, theories behind supply and demand, you know. But... Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right. You can just raise prices if there's a lot of demand. <laughs> right. Cool. That's cool. So, so, okay. So that was an early experience with, with marketing. Um, so, you know, like, can you talk a little bit about kind of what you do today and, and how, how, why that kind of experience, you know, parallels at all? 
Well, fast forward today, and I've made a career out of simply storytelling and the value of it as a marketer. But that's when you think about what marketers are responsible for doing, it is to get people, it's to influence people to embrace an idea, a product, uh, a position, a stance. And the way that you get people to really listen and pay attention is by creating a, con a connection. And you do that best when you share stories, especially if you're dealing with an audience that may have a very different point of view on something. But at the end of the day, the essence of what marketers do, or at least good marketers, is they know how to tell stories and they know how to connect with people. Yeah. And so, um, which is one of the reasons I feel very blessed that I found a profession that I really love. But yeah. in netting, what does that mean every day for Jamie Geyer? That means um, I do everything from really finding the brand essence of a company, a person, a yeah. product, uh, go-to-market strategies on how do we best get that idea out into the marketplace from our pricing, packaging, all of the promotional things that we do, uh, and just being really smart of how we find our buyers, how we engage our buyers, and ultimately they become a customer. Uh, and there's a lot of different levers that we pull for that, whether it's digital marketing, public relations, there's different ways that you can reach and engage and inspire and convert. And that's what I do every single day. But every element of this, David, and I know you you have an appreciation for this, is the ability to bring people along and keep them yeah. really engaged with you, which is storytelling. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. I, I feel like the word storytelling is used a lot and it it means something different, I think, in so many different contexts. I wonder, like, this is a hard question, but like, what does that mean for you? Like, when you talk about storytelling you know, in your role now and like, what does that even mean to you that you do differently if you, as opposed to if maybe if you weren't thinking so strongly about stories? Well, I avoid telling stories around a product. What I try to do is I find stories about the future version of the person that I'm trying to communicate with okay. or making them and making them feel. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're driven. Yes. Logic and you know, having rational conversations with people, but we're highly emotional. Yeah. And to be able to to make somebody feel and grab the the heart, not just the mind. Mind is math. That's yeah. that's the logic side. But the heart is what really gets them to want to even get to know who you are, get to know your company, your product, your brand. So for me, storytelling is making people feel because that's where the connection really actually happens. Math can come down later in the story for sure, but for me, that's what it is. And uh, there's um, some interesting research that was conducted by Yuri Hassan, who's a uh, neuroscientist at Princeton, and he's actually studied this. He has a phenomenal TED Talk out there if you get a chance uh, to, to see it. But he has studied the impact of stories and what it actually does and the physiological changes that happen, uh, not just the hormonal changes that happen, but the physiological changes that happen. And he has this yeah. thing that he calls brain-to-brain -brain coupling. And when you actually tell a story or connect through story, you get people literally on the same bra brain wavelength as you. Yeah. And so imagine, even in today's environment, David, and as a documentarian, you would appreciate this as well. 
when we have such divergent views and it's a highly contentious environment in which we live um, and there's a lot of contempt, how do you build bridges? And it starts with a common understanding of who we are as humans and that's storytelling. That's how you open up doors. But the research is phenomenal around the whole brain-to-brain coupling and why it's so important, not just in society and building community, but I take it back to business. The best businesses know how to do that, and it starts there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's 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 really interesting too to think about storytelling in like a AI, you know, very AI generated world uh, because. I think I, I saw this in some of your writing uh, that I was reading before this conversation, just about kind of how do you stand out when there's so much noise? So there's there's the the point you just made where it's like it brings people together, but I think also it it can it can create a new sort of very authentic view of of who your brand is. But it also it it a, a really strong story has the added value of just being something people remember, like they they can pass it on and they can share it with other people. Saw so it. I also think it's it's just useful to really think in terms of storytelling with all the tech that's coming out because the tech the, the way to stand out when there's so much noise is going to be just creating something fresh and creating something new and that's just storytelling that's just figuring out how to position yourself in a way that you know reaches hearts like you said and and then people will remember it well and I'm glad that you brought that up because part of that research also showed that the reason and, and how you you do the brain-to-brain coupling is it lights yeah. up all aspects of your brain, which also includes where you store memories. And so your story becomes much more memorable. And that's important, especially at a time where everybody is always on. We have a very short attention span. How do you get people to remember? And yeah. that's not an easy thing to do, but storytelling can, because they're going to remember the story because you made them feel a certain way. It's not just going to be about the numbers. We're com- we're always bombarded with numbers and figures and stuff, but what they're going to remember is how you contextualize those figures into something that touched them in the heart. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So, okay, so we agree storytelling is really important how do you how do you how do you do it well well you do it well by focusing on the hero of the story but i think if we take it down to even the work that you do david in capturing those and some of the documentaries but even just movies i love movies by the way yeah you always you have you have the um the hero you have the adversary you've got the challenge you've got the solution i mean it seems really simplistic, but we fail as marketers to include all four. And there's one thing I didn't mention outside of the solution is the product. And so, you know, when you have those elements and you really know how to um, leverage them well to create the narrative, then you can have impact on that. Sometimes we just lose the basics. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's tricky. Like, one thing that's funny and I always try to like tell our clients or whatever is like you should if you're trying to get better like I I like to joke that all of um business school students that I talk to who are like you know interested in starting a company I'm always like you guys should go like you should just go read poetry and and watch movies and read literature you know because everything you need about uh growing a business is is in there partly because I just want them to loosen up a little bit but also because I think uh 
it's so true that I think there are great playbooks for how to craft a narrative that lasts in art and, and in movies and in books. Um, but I think in the business world, it just gets lost sometimes. Like I think people just, they just, they think it's, you know, irrelevant. I don't know exactly what it is, but it is constantly amusing to me when, uh, when I work with businesses and, and they're like so, so good at running a business and so, so bad at constructing stories. And I'm like, yeah, just go, just go read other stuff. You know, don't read, uh, you know, the, the data driven stuff that you're reading, like go read, you know, go watch Lord of the Rings or go read Tolkien, you know, like that stuff. Exactly. Has unique, you know, you know, and, and that's so true. And I think that's probably why my son and I spend so much time going to the cinema. And yeah. we have Friday night family movie night where we pick, yeah. we can pick a classic one time or I'll share something that I watched when I was a kid. But the reality is you can get a lot of inspiration and creativity from how stories are actually told in the cinema and how you apply that into the, the business world. Yeah. Uh, I was just talking to somebody earlier today. We're working on some some new content assets for our sales team on yeah. how to tell the story. And we focus so much on the output of, well, here's your new pitch deck. Here's your solution sheets. And yeah. in my my mind, I'm like, well, those that's all fine and good. But how good are you at telling the story? Yeah. How good are you at having that conversation and that dialogue and, and bringing people along? don't rely on the asset itself. It's going to be up to you on how you really construct the narrative around that in such a way that it's going to make them connect with who you are because a lot of that is simply around trust. Yeah, totally. No, I, I agree. I agree. I think it's, it's yeah, it's, it's really, really important to get the narrative right. Uh, and, you know, you can tell, you can tell the same story so to speak or you can tell a good story and then an, an effective story about the same product and lose 50 percent of your audience as a result you know it, it's it's yeah. really really important to get it right well and here's here's an example of that yeah um you know even here at Dexcare, where um where i am today yeah and so we've been working a lot on use cases around our technology and yeah. what we do today is we allow people to be discovered when they're searching for care and to be able to book appointments pretty easily. And we have this whole concept of time. It's anchored in time. And what does yep. time mean to the patient? What does time mean to the provider? What does time mean to the health system when that works seamlessly? Yep. And so we talk about convenience and ease of access, but really the story there, David, is the mother who the single mom who's got three yep. young kids, she wakes up at 5 a.m., she's got a fever, and the last thing she wants to do is to pack up three young children, yep. put them in a car, go down to urgent care. She needs the convenience and flexibility of doing a virtual visit. Yep. And so when you add context and color around the day in the life of the single mom who's yep. just trying to manage her life, these kids, and she doesn't feel well, the convenience of the experience that we provide at DexCare matters. Now, totally. that story probably resonates with 40% of moms, whether they're single or not, it's going to resonate with them. Totally. And or anyone who had a mom. Anyone who had a mom. had a mom, right. It's just a lot of people. Which is a lot of, a lot of people. But that's what I mean about the power of storytelling. I just connected with an audience based off of something that they've either felt, experienced, or seen. Yeah. Yeah. 
and now I can have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. I think it's such a, it's such a good point. And that was a great example. Cause, um, I think, cause Dex care, like what you guys are doing is pretty incredible. Like it's, it's, it's pretty transformative what you're trying to bring to these hospitals. And, you know, at the end of the day, what you're really doing is trying to make patient experience better, which is really important, you know? And I think there's a lot of technical pieces that go into it. And I think, you know, when you talk about Dexcare, you could probably, it could be very tempting to slip into some of the very techy innovations that you guys are doing and lose sight of like, hey, who's the end user? Like what what is ultimately the experience that we're providing? And I think you're right, like by by framing it in a story, it gives you that space to say, okay, here's a universally relatable thing. There's a single mom and she's got a lot to do. The last thing she wants to do is spend four hours on a call trying to figure out how to schedule an appointment or something like that. And and so you, you've given this framework super relatable. You have everybody in the room. Okay, now you can talk about the technical pieces. Like, okay, what are the things that you do? And And the company becomes like a, support along the way of a much bigger, more important story, which again, going back to the idea of trust and, and just generally giving somebody something that they can remember, like people will remember that, you know, it's like, oh, they're the company that helps that single mom, you know, and do all these really important things. Uh, exactly. And it's also just a good way to be remembered. Like that's how you want a brand to be remembered. It is. And uh, somewhere someone said, once said, you know, stories open the door to an engagement map is what closes it. You know, the data story at the very end is what then, you know, okay, here's ROI you're going to get. Let's get into the numbers and the figures. But it was the emotional story at the very front that you told that wanted that person to even have a conversation because they're getting hit up, you know, by hundreds of companies every day. And, and they're, you know, it's like swatting that nap, those naps that are around you, but which one, you know, so I, it's it's really important that you get that right up front. Yeah, that's really interesting. Are there are there other types like that's one, and it's okay if not like you don't have a good example right now. But I'm really interested. Like that's kind of one way of framing Dexcare's story as like, you know, a, a customer, like the single mom who who has these experiences. Are there other ways that you're aware of really trying to frame Dexcare's story, or maybe it's a different company you worked with before that. Um, that you can think of that's like, this is another way or another situation where we're telling maybe a different type of story or the character's different um, that you can think of that's like, this is another example of, of storytelling that's been effective. Sure. Um, well, and let me let me just remind the audience too that there's multiple stories that you have to be able to tell, especially yeah. in business. You're going to have a founder story. You're going to have your customer story, the value story. You might even have a challenger story. Those are kind yeah. of fun too. Uh, so it's not just one. You're going to have multiple yeah. that you're going to have to be able to use for, for different purposes. Um, I've, I've got two examples. One was at uh, an ed tech company that I worked for called Dreambox Learning. Uh, they're a, a they focus on K through eight digital math learning and the whole premise of it is getting kids to be proficient against the state and federal standards for math, both math competency and math confidence. And when I came into that, that company, uh, I discovered what I discovered in a lot of organizations where you're focused on the technology and not necessarily 
the beneficiaries of the technology. And in this case, um, you know, it's this, it's the student, it's the learner, and it's all of the, the, the people in that learner's life that's having an impact on, on their maths, their math learning. But, you know, you have the, the same old stories around there's a child sitting with the teacher at the laptop and they're learning math and yeah. you get the happy shot and you're talking about, look at, you know, little Jane, she's doing wonderful in math and here's her dashboard and she's learning and she's learning and she's learning. Well, that's the story of the moment. The real story is, and what you don't know and what we captured is, Jane wants to be a pilot. She has aspirations to do something significant with her life. Yep. And math is the underpinning to a lot of the occupations. I don't care if you're a construction worker. I don't care if you're a filmmaker. Math has some element in everything that we do every day. Yep. And so instead of telling a story around in the moment, this child's learning math, what we ended up doing was showing the future possibilities and the future state of the child and what they aspire to be in life and the opportunities ahead. Then we went back to math proficiency and math confidence. But we told the story of the future seed of the child. Now, that won the hearts of the teacher, won the heart of the district administration, obviously won the, the, uh, the, the hearts of the parent or guardian. Um, can't make assumptions that it's always the parents, but we ended up taking it from the standpoint of what the child really wanted to become in life and the importance of their their math learning. That's one. I love that. The other is, and this is really early on in my career before um, digital marketing really was a thing. So I'm dating myself a little bit. I've spent a lot of time, David, in healthcare technology. And they're very long sales cycles, multiple buyers, um, Typically, the buying committee can be upwards of 10 different people because you're dealing with not only clinical operations, you got the CEO, you got the CFO. There's a lot of parts and minds that you have to win over. Yeah. And um, the technology that we had, in this case, it was electronic medical record, is really the backbone to running the within the walls of a, of a health system. And it's very complex. And so it's easy to fall into the trap of, okay, let's talk about your billing system. Let's talk about your clinical documentation. Let's talk about these different things. And what we ended up doing is we created a simulated hospital that we took on the road. So imagine a trade show booth, but it's built in the resemblance of a health system. Oh. We had different care settings. Um, we, we, we used graphics and actual real hospital equipment to build each room. Mm -hmm. And we used our own employees who actually had backgrounds as being a nurse, a pharmacist, and oh, doctor. That's a nice touch. That's and cool. we created scenarios of a day in the life of a patient. Yeah. Uh, you know, different types of, of uh, problems. Could be cardiac issue. It could be something else. But we, we progressed and we moved people through a flow of a narrative based on the day in the life of a patient and how they engage different departments within the system, and then how our technology supported the jobs that had to be done by the people providing the care, the experience that the patient was getting. Um, and it was really successful, very, very su successful way, expensive, but it had a lot of returns because you basically had people walking in and seeing in their own type of environment how this technology could be used to improve 
the uh, the experience of the patient, the lives of the providers, and the financial return of the health system. Yeah, that's really cool because it also gives people like a uh, a way to see themselves in it and a way to to engage with it. Like it's it's like a story, but it's on their terms, which it obviously is is a really powerful way to to get to sell something. Honestly, because you're trying to motivate people. I mean, that's really what you're trying to do is get them to engage, get them to ask questions. So I could imagine that being really helpful to just like seeing seeing themselves in it and being like, oh, okay, this is this is what we want. This is how do we go about doing this? How are you doing this? And it just gets that to the door. But they're seeing to your point, they're seeing a better version of themselves. If they were to do this, use that. Yeah. Interact in this way and they get to actually experience that up close. And that's the power of storytelling. You get to help them see a better version of life, their jobs, their home life, whatever it might be. No, I agree. I agree. It just it just triggers people's imagination. And and once once people have gone down the road of of imagining a story and like experiencing it, then you you've done so much work to to i mean so much is done at that point because now they see what you're trying to sell and then they can just decide if it makes sense right. or not you know it's at that point it then becomes like you said it's like okay i see what you're doing which is 90 percent of the battle with with marketing and then the rest is like okay does this fit does this fit how we work does this fit the pricing does it you know it's they saw themselves in the roles that our employees were playing and that's what it's about. Yeah. It wasn't so much about what was on the technology as much as it was improving lives all around. And that's that's what it's about. Yeah. Which which I'll also say, if I can share this, the when we we were at your guys' conference and we we're helping you guys with that, and you guys put your employees right in the middle of all of these partners. And I know this is intentional. And something I really admire about what you guys are doing, and I think definitely lessons for other folks to do is like total transparency and vulnerability of like who your team is and that they care about this space and that they're willing to be proven wrong. I thought that was really cool. Like there were dialogue and sometimes somebody says something and they're like, hey, that's not true. And your employees are there like listening and they can't get out of this circle. They're like in it. I just thought it was really cool. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but. It was such a nice touch to like, and something you guys do, and to your point about using, like having your employees play these roles that to show like, hey, we we're here, we care, we're like, we we know these, we know these things personally, we have experiences and also like we're here to learn and, and, and put our, put ourselves out there and be like, this is, this is the service that we're trying to offer. So like, you should, you know, you should, we want to help, you know? And I think that was. That's another piece of that story. Well, that it's I just building trust. I think is really And when when yeah. you have a customer wants to be able to trust the people behind the brand, and that's really important. The brand isn't just the product. Yeah. The brand is every aspect about the organization, including the people behind it, and that's really important. <clears throat> the other <clears throat> the other story, and this kind of connects to that event, actually is you've worked with us and you're helping us yeah. to really get out some of our customer stories. And we're that's actually at DexCare yeah. where we're really placing a lot of emphasis right now is on the voices of our own customers and the impact that our partnership our partnership has had uh, with their um, 
with the jobs that they have to do and their organizations. Um, but it's really Im Im important that you put the mic in front of the customers. And and so to come full circle on that, kind of why we we had the people there, the people behind the brand, because we wanted them to hear. Yeah. We wanted that engagement as a way to really build trust. Yeah, totally. I get it. No, it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, it's 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 really it's really important. I somebody said to me when I or I've read it. I, you know, I always forget where I actually learn things. But um, that that a brand is just what people say about you. That's that's pretty much what a brand is ultimately. And to your point, like you know, when people go away and they're talking about your company, they they want to. You want them to be like, yeah, I trust these people. Like, I, I, I can do business with them. You know, like this is these are people that I believe in and believe in me. And you know, at the end of the day, like, like you said, that's that's really it's really what they good. say about you, and it's the stories that they share. So there you go, right? Because they're they're sharing yep. their own as well. That's they, exactly right. Yep, that's <laughs> very true. It's very true. Well, is there anything you'd add to um, to somebody who I always ask this towards the end, like? For somebody who's just getting set it like set out on a career in in content marketing or in marketing in general, you know what kinds of what kinds of things do you do you say for advice? Like, as I always start? say, to focus on the hero, understand the elements. I think sometimes we overcomplicate, and this isn't a very complicated thing to do. You just have to get the right pieces of and knowing the motivations behind your audience as well. But if you can get that up right, then however that manifests in whatever content is not as relevant with the exception of where it's going to be shared in the channels and stuff. Yes, you got to get that. But it really does start with just knowing the basics around human behavior, how you connect with people, how you build trust, because that's what you're going to write about. Yeah. And then you can put it out in, into the universe. That's one. And I think sometimes we overcomplicate. Or we focus so much, David, on the channels and the medium and less so on, okay, yep. the story. So that's one. Um, and just being very aware about that. And that also requires having a really good understanding of who your customer is and your audience and spending time. I think sometimes when we start out in our careers or even on a job, we, we spend more time getting to know the company and less time with the customers. The thing that I do first is that totally. put me on the phone. I want to talk to five customers yeah. this week. I want to go do a site visit. I, I want to hear first totally. their perspective before I really delve into the the company. And that's true for any role that you have. Go spend time with the people that, that you serve, whom you serve, and understand their jobs, their life, their pain points. It all sounds so basic, but we lose the basics because we overcomplicate everything, yeah. which is why... Some of the best leaders yeah. on this topic, even if they've passed away, they've withstood the test of time because it's it it works. It actually those basics work. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I love the push on the customer front because it's honestly because I'm a documentary filmmaker, so like my whole life has been just like bothering other people about their life. You know, like I just I love asking people about their lives, and you learn all kinds of stuff. But it's so funny as I enter more into this business world and like have started this company and I'm now helping businesses it's it's uh it's amazing how many people are just shy or like hesitant or it's hard work to ask your customers things and early whenever we like I, I we help some early companies and I'm always just like go call your customers just like stop talking to me and asking me just go ask them and then 
the ideas will come from that because, but it's, it's a hard thing to do. You know, it's very tempting to sit back and think about your product and think about how cool things are and like plan for the future instead of like having to engage with people who might be like, you know, that's not what we need or like, Hey, that's not what we want. That's not who we are. Well, I, you know, this, so here's another lesson. This uh, and this gets back to why did we choose to partner with you and your agency? It was because your roots are grounded in documentaries. Yeah. Those are the best stories. Sometimes marketers fall in the trap of, well, let's just go do a corporate video. And it's like, oh, ho hum, you know, we don't want that. We don't want that. We want authenticity. We want vulnerability. We want trust. We want all of these things that are done through the the means of filmmaking and and capturing these stories. It's one of the reasons that we partnered specifically with you. We got that. That what you've been able to conjure up in your own um, your own audience, your viewers, and how you've you've practiced your craft is exactly yeah. the same emotions we want we want to conjure up with those that whom we're selling to. Yeah, well, we I appreciate the I appreciate the plug there at the end, and of course, you know, I agree. I I think, and it's definitely, you know, it's flattering to hear because it's definitely the value we want to bring, and the why you know I even founded this company is because I just saw a lot of. A lot of companies that really struggle with that and because it is a hard thing to do and it's it's you do have to find you know it's a skill that's developed over time as you know it's it's not um you know it's hard to do so i definitely appreciate yeah it's very shouting yeah well cool anything else you want to add uh just keep doing the great work that you're doing because people like me need that that's how i that's how i build a brand is around that thank you yeah we definitely will and we look forward to doing more with you guys for sure